Hello and welcome to Colin Bradley Artcast. I'm Stephen Bradley. And I'm Colin Bradley. Welcome everyone to episode 42. How are you, Dad? Uh, I'm very well. Well, I'm not that great. I've got a little bit of a nasal problem at the moment. You might be able to hear it. The lady in the post office yesterday when I went along to post our million parcels we got, she said, you're still croaky. <laughs> uh, I, wasn't, I wasn't aware of it, but I said, well, yes, I think I, I might be permanently croaky now. There's <laughs> all, all this talking I'm doing while I'm doing the videos. The lady in the post office cares about you, Dad. I think she might do, yes, yes. <laughs> well, she sees enough of me, goodness me, regular visitor. <laughs> okay, so uh, let's let's crack on with some questions this week. We've got quite a lot going on. So let's jump it straight in with the first one. First one here is from Joe. It says, Hi Colin, I was just wondering if you could tell me the name of the tape that you use to hold your pictures in place while drawing. I've been using masking tape and it's pulling the top layer off off the paper when I try to take it off. Thanks, yep. Joe. Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. In fact, uh, I'm going to spend, if I may, a little bit of time on this because, first of all, let's deal with Joe's question. Problem she has is she's bought probably a good quality masking tape. I mean, the idea uh, is something like 3M's is a good quality masking tape. And that is designed primarily to go around windows and skirting boards, you know, so that you don't uh, create paint on where you don't want it to be. But we use it, or I've used it for many, many years for taping pictures, as you know, and it very successfully. And I found the same thing. When I first started out, I used to have a very high-quality masking tape, and I found the same thing happen when you take the paper, especially if it's over a period of time, you know, it's not just in a week or so, you, you know, you, you leave it a little longer. It can be difficult to remove, and you can take them. The problem there, of course, is if you, if you do it wrong, you could take some of the picture away if you're not careful. Oh. So it is a problem, but I've overcome that problem by buying cheap masking tape. Oh, right. Yeah. Um, and although that wouldn't be any good, it wouldn't be any good at all for going around windows. It would peel off. But it's it's quite good for the pastel pencil. Nice. And uh, I don't have that problem now. However, why I wanted to go on to it, you know I'm doing a lot of watercolour at the moment, uh, which we'll talk about later on, Um and I found I've gone back to my original tape. And what I use there is uh, a brown, I don't know if you've seen it, it's a brown tape. I'm sure people would know what it is. Sticky tape. You lick the back of it and you stick it on your part on, around your picture. And that works absolutely beautiful. Now, the reason I do it, particularly with watercolour, is because you do get a certain amount of bubbling with watercolour. It doesn't matter even if you use good quality watercolour paper, you still get that um, distortion when you put the water on, especially washes. Mm. And that can lift the masking tape off. And that's quite annoying because you have to keep pushing it back on again, Right. the cheaper masking tape. So I've taken now to using the brown paper. The only problem with that is that doesn't come off at all. <laughs> all right. <laughs> that doesn't come off the paper at all. That stays on forever and ever and ever. You never get that off. But, of course, it does stick on to the hardball that I use brilliantly. And I've used it in about four pictures now. And I remember now how good it used to be. The When you wash the paper, if you're doing a sky or one of our special washes that we do for figs in the mist, for instance, and you do the whole 
section, that can bubble quite a lot. You know, you can distort the paper quite a lot. It cockles up. Mm. But by doing it with the brown tape and, and making sure that's secure, it does still cockle, but it goes back exactly as you left it, exactly as you want it. So it's absolutely perfect. Mm. So whether people would prefer to use that as opposed to masking uh, um, the masking tape, I don't know. I'm going to leave that to people to try out for themselves. You'd have to be prepared for the fact that you'd have to use, I use a blade to go around the watercolour paper when I finished it. But that means you're left with the brown tape on the edge. You know, about a, as you know, I use about a centimetre yeah. of uh, space all round. So you've got a centimetre of brown tape on your picture and that's permanent. But it doesn't really matter because when you frame a picture, you frame inside that anyway. And the tape is so so thin that it would never show. Right. Okay. Um, now, the other question is, does that come off of the hardboard absolutely beautifully? It, it just peels off of that. So once you've taken, once you've slit round with a, a tape, with a razor blade or a knife or whatever you want to use, and you've removed the watercolour finished picture, you're left with the tape round the edge. And that peels off beautifully. No problem at all. Okay. So these are tips that you could try. Um, but, you know, it, it does solve the problem, as I say. And I shall be explaining this a little bit more with the watercolour as we go on um, right. through. Okay. But it can work with pastel pencils. So it kind of depends on what kind of picture you're doing. If you're doing pastel pencils, then the cheap masking tape is perhaps a better alternative. But then if you're uh, using... Watercolour. Watercolour, then perhaps think about the brown tape. That's how, that's how, what I'm doing at the moment, yeah. yeah. Okay. That's what I'm doing at the moment. And I, I can't really see any real need for using the brown masking tape if you're using uh, just pastel pencils. You don't get any wetting. You don't wet the paper. Mm. Okay. okay. So I think, I think that's probably thrashed that to... Okay, that's, I've talked about tape for so long in my life. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, it's important, though. It's one of those annoying little things, Steve, you know, especially when, you know, if you people have done a lot of watercolour, they find that that does lift the paper, lift the masking tape off. Yeah. It wouldn't lift the very expensive masking tape off, in fairness. That would, that would stick. Yeah. But then then you also have the problem of the thick... It's a little thicker than the brown tape. So if you were to leave that on and you couldn't get that off your watercolour or your, your, your pastel paper, you'd have to have that framed. That would have to be under the frame, or the mount, rather. Yeah. You put the mount on. And that could, could lift it slightly, the mount slightly off the paper. I probably wouldn't do that. Mm. I, I would use the brown tape. Okay. Anybody got any questions on that, though, please get back to me. I'm more than happy to go through it again or with them. <laughs> if we've got another hour or two, you know. <laughs> well, that's you, is it? Okay, that's good. That's okay. Next, next one. From, it's more of some feedback from Scott here, suggested paintings. Uh, greetings. I'm very much enjoying your site. Thank you. I'd very much like to see the following in future lessons, if my, I may add to the list. And the list he's got here is uh, a deer, an elk, male portraits, more women and children portraits, insect, or like a ladybug, a ladybug or butterflies, or more planes and vehicles. 
Thank you kindly for your consideration of the above. Respectfully, Scott. So there you go. Yeah. He's, yeah. he's got a few suggestions there. A few ideas, isn't it, to add to my growing list long list well there's there was one the more the woman and pit children picture that was there was one that you said there was um a black woman and her child yes that you kind of wanted to do oh that that i'm afraid has been put on the back burner with everything else that's been going on but it's a definite must that's something that will come into the future Hmm. uh and more planes love to do them i promised and i've broken it by saying that i was going to do a lancaster bomber um, this this summer because the Spitfire went down well. Yeah, I, just Stephen, there's so much on. <laughs> My problem I've got, as you know, only too well, is there's only enough hours in the day to do whatever I do. Yeah, and the subject material is endless. Yeah, it's, it's just unbelievable. I mean, you get an old landscape artist who does landscapes, and that's all he does every day. He can get through and cover almost every subject that he wants in his landscape but when you do people cars boats planes uh, landscapes animals and the animal world is big enough on its own i can't just get round to everything much as i'd like to however i would say that i've taken on board uh, what was said there and uh, i will add them to my list there you go. And I'll do what I can. I'm not so sure that I will do bugs. That's the no. only one that I'm not really sure of. I, I would love to do and will do a butterfly. Yeah, you did do you did do there's a workshop pack, isn't there, on the art store that you did as Yeah, but work, I've got another one that I want to do. It was one that was sent in by uh, Christine and she sent me a beautiful picture of uh, a lovely butterfly on a flower. It's oh. really good. So I'm going to do that. As soon as I can, so that okay. I, would you call call that a bug? Would you? It's an insect. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's all right. Okay, it's a pretty insect. I think you've got to do things also, Stephen, that people generally would want to do. You know what I mean? If I yeah. did a spider, for instance, how many people would want to do a spider? Oh, definitely not me. No, you see what I mean. So, I mean, I, I just think you've got to be careful on the selection. Yeah. Yeah, pretty, pretty, pretty um, attractive. Yeah, popular. Yes. Mm. Okay. Well, thanks for that, Scott. We we always like to get feedback and suggestions. So, um, anyone else got any other feedback? Then do send it through. The next one is from Walter, and he says, "Hi, Colin. I intend to have a go at A4 Plus in the future, and I'm wondering if I could substitute pencils with polychromos or soft pastels for large areas and pencils for details." regards water yeah uh, and you can absolutely if as we're talking about polychromous pastel sticks and not polychromous pastel pencils you can't use the polychromous pencils right. at all they won't they're not compatible but polychromous sticks yes uh, soft pastel yes pastel pencil will go with the polychromous sticks but it won't go necessarily with the soft pastel so this, you've got to be careful that we've dealt with this before yeah soft pastel and pastel pencils mixed together in a picture uh you know an alternative layer if you know what i mean uh, that won't work right because the soft pastel is not compatible in that way but you can add soft pastel i use it as you know for backgrounds and i use it for tarting up some pictures sometimes but once you've done that, you can't really put the pastel pencil back on top of it. It doesn't work. Right. 
and polychromas is very very good that that can that can work in conjunction with the pastel pencils in a picture and it can do large areas there is one little hiccup though that people may have found already and you've got to be careful what of it polychromas if you use that on a background instead of say a pastel pencil some of the stronger colors can tend to mark the paper and it's difficult to get that mark off oh yes soft pastel doesn't do that but then soft pastel just put on the background on its own tends to rub off of the ongre paper that we have okay ongre paper was designed for pastel work but but really i think that the pastel pencil and on grey paper go together very, very well. We all know that, and I've known it for 30 years. But soft pastel doesn't work so well on its own on pastel paper. That's why I always put a key on with the pastel pencil first. If anybody, I'm sure people have seen me do that. I always put a, a ground colour of either a light colour or a mid-grey on the pastel paper background before I put the soft pastels on top of it. So it can stick to it and That's hold exactly, it. exactly what it does, yeah. Okay, so good I, I think, say. again, you, you can, but you've got to experiment a little bit, and once you find something works, stick with it. Yeah. When it doesn't work, throw it out. Notice how they react to one another when you're using them, I suppose, as well, mm-hmm. and uh, how the paper reacts to it, because some people might not use the on-grey paper, so they, they've got to find out how their paper reacts to it, you know, if they That's don't. Absolutely. Okay. And also you remember that everything that I've learned, I've learned myself. I haven't read. There was nobody to teach me. You yeah. know, I had to find out by myself and experimentation. So in the experimentation, all of these techniques have, have come along. And that doesn't mean to say, like, somebody else experimenting on their own can find another uh, alternative that suits them. Yeah, and that's a very good a very good thing to do. Experiment, experiment, experiment. Have fun and enjoy it because out of that can come something, a light bulb moment. We all got them and um, they are fantastic to do. And think, gosh, that works. I'm going to do that again. Yeah, yeah. Or that doesn't work. That's I'm, it. I'm not doing that. Do that. <laughs> yeah. I've learned my lesson. Yeah. Okay, so the next one we have is from Jessica. She says, Hi Colin, I am working on another piece and have a question concerning base colours. I noticed that most of the time you put base colours down, but then other times you don't. How do you decide when you need to put a base down? Thank you, Jessica. Mm, that's, a, that's a really, that's a really que- good question and one that everybody faces when they're doing their own work. It's not so bad when they're following my work because I've already uh, sorted it all out for them. When you put um, when you put any pastel pencil on paper, you have to be mindful of the colour that's going on. If it's a dark colour, like a dark green or a brown or even some of the medium colours, that's going to make a mark on the paper. It's going to register whatever you put on is going to be the register. And we know we can't put light over the top of dark very easily, so we're stuck with that colour. How are we going to get? How are we going to change that color if it's the wrong one? Yeah, the base colors act like cushions, really, and those soften the effects of those dark colors or stronger colors hitting the paper and creating that problem I mentioned. So, by putting a by looking at your picture that you're doing and dissecting it section by section, you look at each section and think now. 
I need a brown, but it's a soft brown. It's not a harsh brown. And then you pick up maybe your 177, for instance, which would be a, a dark brown. And you think, that's the colour that I would like to put on. Now, if you put that 177 on, you're stuck with it. And it's a very harsh colour. Mm. So you look at that and think, now, I need to soften that. So you might try 273, for instance, which is a, a, a grey and put a little bit of that on, or put that on, and then put the 177. The 177 changes from being a very harsh colour to a soft brown. Right. Still still dark. And if you think, well, I'm really not quite dark enough, you can then add just a little bit of black, for instance, just a touch of black into that mm. and soften it or deepen it still further. Okay. I, I think I probably explained that quite well. It's, I think yeah, people now will it? look... Is it like a palette, like a watercolour palette? If you had a scrap bit of paper and you were just sort of mixing, you're mixing colours, aren't you? You're just like your watercolour palette. You know, you're mm. you're saying, right, I'm going to do a bit of this and I'm going to put a bit of the, that colour in. Oh, I need it a bit darker, so I'm going to put a bit of black on. And just mixing it and just, it, just trying to get the colour that you want. Is that right? Mm. Just, uh, just a comparison. I, I've been doing quite a lot of watercolour recently and the... the if you were putting green on, you wanted a green and you wanted the dark green, you would start, you would mix into your palette. You wouldn't mix it on the paper. You'd mix it in your watercolour palette first. So you mm. put a bit of green in and then you think, no, I need that a little bit darker. So I'll add, now add a little bit of black just to darken it up. You mix that up. So you've got a brown, uh, sorry, you've got a black and green mixed together. And then you think, hmm. I think I need that a little bit more, maybe a sort of bluey tint, so you put a little bit of blue. You can do that with a watercolour palette easily, no problem, before you even touch the paper. And then when you put it on the paper, you've got the exact colour that you want. Can't do that with pastel pencils, but you can do it on the paper. You see what I mean? So you put your green on, you put your little bit of black on, if you wanted a dark green, and then you could put maybe a little bit of blue so you could put the three pencils on in the order that I just mentioned them there and create the same effect you could in the watercolour palette. Yeah, yeah, because obviously you don't want to try it out on a picture and if it doesn't work, you're stuffed. You want to try it out on a bit of scrap piece of paper first yeah. to get the colour that you want to, to get and then you go, okay, what colours did I use? I used this combination, I used that cushion mm. colour, say, and then mm. I used the... Um, the, the slightly darker colour, and then I wanted to make it dark, so I used this, and then you can put that onto the paper. That's absolutely right, yeah. That's a very good idea. When you're starting up, I think that's an excellent idea to do, yeah. So it must be hard when, you, when you're doing your own pictures. It must be hard because you've got to make these key decisions yourself. Obviously, hopefully people would have learned from doing your, your pictures the colours to pick for base colours and things like that, but... Mm. It's got to be quite a tricky thing, tackling your own picture and initially looking at, at what colours you've got to pick. You know? it's, it's scary, Steve. It's very scary. When I first started off, I made so many food parts you wouldn't believe. Yeah. I wish I'd kept them all because it would have been lovely to show people how many cock-ups that I've done <laughs> in my time. But everybody does them. You know, It's part of the learning process yeah. because you learn what you mustn't do. That's as important as learning what you must do. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, excellent. The next one is from Dale. He says, I've seen your mixed media videos with watercolour and pastel. Do you ever do pastel pencils and polychromous coloured pencils? Ah, we've just answered that question, haven't yes, we? Yes, I think we have. Um, no, you can't. Absolutely dark, can't, no. Because one thing, there are two different consistencies. 
the pastel pencil is uh, chalky based and the polychromos is oil based. Right. And, and the way you mix polychromos, if anybody's interested in it, uh, you can use a spirit. There's a special spirit you can use that is made for that use to mix them together. So you can actually put two colours in. You know, just take my uh, my pick my scenario just now of the of the green and black and blue. Mm. So you put the green polychromos on. Then you want to darken it a little bit. So you put a little bit of black on there, and then you want to bit change it. You put a bit of the blue. What you would then do is use this spirit to mix those together, and you'd end up with the same colour. Oh. But if you want to do that, great. If you if if you think like I do, what a waste of time. Spirit on. And yeah. once it's on, you can't get it off. You can't get. You can't take that off once it's on the paper. You can't. Can't remove it. Right. So dodgy. I would say so. That's why I never use them. So you can't. So anyway, coming back to this, can you use the two? No, you can't. Okay. A polychroma sticks. You can because for some reason, Faber, in their wisdom, have named them both the same thing, <laughs> and people think, oh, they must be the same, and they're completely different, totally different product. Don't ask me why. Okay, so polychromos pastel six, polychromos coloured pencils, completely different. Make sure you know which ones you're getting before you buy. Well, they're pretty obvious. One's in stick form, one's in pencil form, so yes. it should be all right. And uh, you can buy them. The, we've got a selection of polychromos sticks on the store. If people want to have a look at those, um, you did a. You've got a, a special selection. Yes, once you've got those, that selection. There's only there's only twenty four in the, the box. No, it's twelve, isn't it? Twelve, yeah, twelve. As well. There's only there's only there's only a few. So those twelve sticks will last you forever, ever, I would say, unless you're a bit heavy with the white. Yeah. White is it in the white and the ivory are the, the biggest sellers and the biggest uh, users, but they would last you forever. You don't use a lot, you see. There's only touching here and touching there, a little bit of background here, a little bit of working. So they would last you forever. Okay. Great. Excellent. Okay, well that's all the questions I've got. Goodness, mate, we've, we've gone quick. We've gone, we've done, yeah. We've jumped straight in and we've, uh, yeah, we've gone through them all. So, obviously, we've, we've got tons more in the bag, so we'll, uh, we'll we'll say some more next week. So, if you've got a question, you can send it to Dad, straight to Dad by emailing colin at bradleygallery.co.uk. That's colin at bradleygallery.co.uk. I've not really explained why your email address is bradleygallery.co.uk because people listening to this would be like, what has that got to do with Colin Bradley Art? Because we changed your website, didn't we, a while back? That's right. It's quite interesting because right. you, your gallery used to be called the Bradley Gallery, didn't it? Your, Absolutely, your yeah. gallery, yeah. Um, which oh, when was that? When did when did your gallery sort of shut down and stop? You know, being used. It was uh, about well, ten years ago. Uh, yeah, I, I can I can probably remember. It was about twenty years ago that the actual gallery. Um, I stopped trading as a gallery. Right. Maybe, maybe, it's, maybe it's not 20, maybe it's only 15. Anyway, I can't remember. Uh, that stopped trading as a gallery because I went off doing my own thing with demonstrations and workshops and all the other things, and I was never there, so we, there was no point in, in having the gallery. So that was called the Bradley Gallery. Then we continued with the name, though. The name was called the Bradley Gallery because uh, all the... Um, uh, workshops and that was all done with you know in in that name the Bradley Gallery yeah but it was when really we changed the name of the uh, to Colin Bradley Art and that was about three years ago or four years ago Steve yeah I think it yeah it was 
Yeah, I think it it was. That's when you came on board, really. Yeah, it's, it? yeah, it's about three years ago. Well, actually, we we started the members site two years ago, September. Did we? So yeah, so it's been running September. So that's when we kind of relaunched it. But other than that, it was Bradley Gallery. So that is why your because your old website is BradleyGallery.co.uk. Yeah, that's right, and I'm not, I'm not changing it. No. I wouldn't. I wouldn't remember. I can just about remember that. After all these, I can't. Don't want to change it. So, so that, yes, that's absolutely why. So that's why there's. We have got email addresses for Colin Bradley Art, but it's um, it's best to email straight to you. So if you've got a question or some feedback or some suggestions, then send it through to Dad. And you can also like the Facebook page and share your artwork. We're getting quite a lot on a daily basis now of people's artwork, new works as well, which is good to see, as well as your own um, mm. packs and, mm. and subjects, which is great. So keep them coming. And obviously all the videos on YouTube, which are all free, obviously. free, Lots of free tutorials on there and things like that. How, just before we sign off, you're well into your play now aren't you you're you've done your second night so yes this is your third coming up uh yes i'm and it's going well i believe it is going well yeah it's it's been a good couple of the first nights um i'm shattered <laughs> as i don't know if people will tell i'm just exhausted at the moment because it's it's uh, a long trip there a long trip back and long days and still doing line runs and things like that to make sure that the lines are in before the play and then and then doing the play and then um, afterwards and, and getting back and it's just really is it's a bit exhausting but it's good and it's been a good good couple of first nights so the third night tonight will be um will be good to it just kind of as you do it you it it, it grow it develops still even though that you've rehearsed mm-hmm. and you've rehearsed and you've rehearsed it as soon as you get an audience it changes it gets it gets a different dynamic you get energy from the audience which you can then give back in your performance Lovely. So yeah. it's like an exchange, and you don't have that when you're rehearsing. So when you get that when you have an audience, it in a good way, it, it changes the performance, but then in a bad way, it throws you off your lines because <laughs> you're getting yeah. something back from what you're delivering, and you haven't been used to that. So it, it can throw you off, and you can get... Sometimes you can get carried away with it, and then you need to bring the performance back a bit, and then sometimes... It can it can distract you from what you're saying, and then all of a sudden you don't know what you meant. Your first line is meant to be. There was one moment last night when I was <laughs> I was about to go. On, I haven't uh, we have an ent- another entrance in the second play. We go off stage. Me and uh, one of my uh, the other actresses, we come off stage, and then we go back. I go to go back on stage, and bef- I was standing in the wings, and I was like, I don't know what my line is. What's my line? And I and I and I, and I said I said to her I said oh uh, it's this and I started saying it I said no it's, it doesn't say it like that oh god what's my line and I panicked and then the cue came up and she said no it'll be fine don't worry as soon as you get on stage you'll remember it and I was like oh god and I went on stage and as soon as I as soon as I stepped on the stage and then the the cue line came it somehow by default automatically it just reeled off and I thought in my head I thought. Bloody hell! That is in there. That didn't yeah, like you don't yeah, you yeah. don't have to. Do you do you have to kind of? Um, it must be difficult when you go from that um, moment just prior to going onto the stage, and then delivering your first line. Do you sort of like go into the zone like I do when I'm doing my painting? Do you sort of move into a another sort of dimension, so to speak? Uh, yeah, kind of. It's it's funny because the venue that we're at is quite an intimate venue, and you're quite uh, close to the audience, which is good for them because they can see everything that you're you know every 
nuance of detail in your face and and uh it's a good it's a good um, good thing for them so you're kind of for me i'm aware of them being there um but there are some moments in the play where you do zone out and you forget that they're there and mm. you get heavily it's like it's it's an awareness but you are very much in what you're doing you know there i'm not going to lie and say i'm completely immersed myself into it because it's hard to do that when you've got an audience at your feet um but it's an awareness it does not a distraction it's just you're you know that there's someone there watching you but you're able to do what you want to do what must be nice, though, is you, you've got a quite a long run. I mean, you're doing 18 shows. That's quite a lot, isn't it? Yeah, 18 so, shows so is a good run. The, this will give you, um, as you go on, you know, things will work themselves out, won't they? And, and you find that you sort f- of level. Yeah, you find new ways. I mean, I still find when I'm doing line runs before we go on and things, I'm still finding ways to say things, you know, um, mm-hmm. differently, you know. Um, and you can mix it up because, obviously, when we talk and we just talking like we are now we don't talk the same way with the same inflections all the time it's not it's not like a robotic way of speaking there's no structure to the way we speak and there's dozens of ways to say the same thing so mm. when you're when you're doing line runs you think oh i could say it like this or it depends how you're feeling at the time and and, and things like that so you can it becomes more natural you know that way you can kind mm. of say you know you, you you'd say something say one of your lines and it would come out some some completely different way than the way you've been rehearsing it but it'd be still be natural and normal and i suppose that also is important because if you've got a long run i mean your 18 shows is quite a long run you the pantomime that you're going to do this year that's going to be another uh, long run isn't it the, these are going to be runs that you get uh but if you imagine a six-month run or a year's run yeah. doing the same words, the same thing, I would think you have to do some changes there just to make it, you know, fresh. not fall asleep. And, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you'd, you'd have to keep it fresh. Yeah, I mean, three three weeks um, is is long-ish, I suppose, in, in my short career that I've had so far. But it's, you know, not compared to West End runs that, that go for a lot, lot longer. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I can imagine that it, it must be tricky to keep things fresh and things mm-hmm. like that. But it's um, it's a good it's good exploring. And, yeah, I do go into the zone and get, in, get into it and, and things like that. Um, but at the moment, when you get out of the first few shows, you're still finding your feet. You're still trying to be confident with the script and... and um, and you're still thinking about lines like I was yesterday. I, I was I was panicking off stage before going on. Yet, if you know, if just relax, and you know it's going to come. And when you get that confidence, then you know it gets even more enjoyable. Well, I'm going to come and see you next week. You are. So, so you, know, you can tell. You can tell. You can review me. You can give me a review. You can tell <laughs> the listeners out there what you thought. I will. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyway, I don't know how this turned over to me. Um, so that's oh, well, that, well. It's important, uh, I think. You know, people are just as interested as you as they are with me, and uh, it's uh, you know, uh, you're, you're as much part of the podcast. So I think every now and again, it's nice to catch up nice with me. Catch up. That's right. Good. Anyway, anyway, we got to go, haven't we now? I think we better go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, thanks everyone for listening. I'm Steve Bradley, and I'm Colin Bradley. Enjoy, Enjoy your week. I need to go back to sleep. Um, well, I must admit, you do look a bit tired, Steve. Oh, thanks. <laughs>